0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of Punch It. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me, as always, is
1: Tristan Rodell.
0: I think going into the double digits is a special thing, Tristan. We are, I think, officially an official podcast now.
1: Yeah, we're afloat and we've stayed afloat, and uh, we're not going anywhere now.
0: No, we're here to stay. So here we are, and we have to kick off with the. Big news of the day, because when we were recording this, we found out mere hours ago that, yes, Carrie Fisher is no longer with us here. May she rest in peace.
1: She died at 60 of a heart attack in Los Angeles. She was on her way from London to Los Angeles, and she had a heart attack on the airplane. They had to do CPR, and last that it was reported was that she was in stable condition when she was at the hospital, but that obviously didn't last, and... She was 60 years of age and she was a fantastic writer and actress, and best known, of course, as Princess Leia in the Star Wars anthology. And it's, uh, you know, like we're talking about Star Wars today, and we've talked about Star yes. Wars for the past two weeks. And we thought that it was only uh, appropriate to talk about her on the show because both of us have read her books. Yeah, yeah. And seen her movies. And it's just. Uh, I know we live in this in this weird culture where we mourn over celebrities because they were celebrities, you know like we mourn over that as a collective conscious because our community is now online our community is now in other people instead of ourselves but uh, i i I don't always participate in that, but this one this one was uh even though we saw it coming, you know it was it was still a shock to the system,
0: yeah, because the heart attack happened a couple of days before before christmas right right, right. So, yeah, last we had heard, she was in stable condition, maybe on the road to what was probably going to be a difficult and long recovery had that happened. And, of course, that did not happen because she <laughs> took a turn for the worse today. What I want to know is, since you are a big Star Wars fan, and yes, I promise to our listeners, we're going to wrap up our, <laughs> our Star Wars 2 today. Come hell or high water, we're going to find a way to make it happen.
1: Yeah, It's going to be done today. Yes, it's done today.
0: Now, did you know Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia first and foremost? Like, is that how you knew her? Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because I first saw Star Wars when I could barely talk. You know, like, that was the first time I saw Star Wars.
0: Okay, I figured. I
1: wasn't really reading her novels or seeing her plays, you know, like, when when I was three years old. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Right. Yes, yes. Okay, I figured as much, and I figured that's how most people do know of Carrie Mm -hmm. Fisher, because she was Princess Leia. I've actually got a very different angle on this. I mean, anybody who's listened to our last couple of punch-its knows uh, I watched Star Wars very young, like you did, but I've not watched them since, and no, I'm not a big fan. But you know what? The last few years, I've been a fan of Carrie Fisher, and the big reason why is because she was a huge advocate for mental health, talking about mental illness, and addiction. She went through both. She went through alcoholism and overcame that addiction. She uh, had bipolar disorder and learned to manage it, and was very outspoken about that, was a huge advocate for having that conversation and making it prevalent in kind of just the social landscape because, unfortunately, a lot of these things are still quite taboo. People don't like to talk about it because it's ugly. And she went there and she did it in very Carrie Fisher fashion. It was just in your face, unabashed, matter of fact, here it is, folks, deal with it, and did not care whether you were comfortable or not. And I greatly admire her for that.
1: Yeah, if any of you are listeners of our previous show to The Journey, you know that we did not shy away with talking about mental illness because mental illness was discussed in Star Trek Voyager and Mm -hmm. you and I have have dealt with it in our own personal ways, whether it was personal or with others in our lives. Yeah, or both. And so we have always wanted to talk about it earnestly and we've always wanted to not shy away from it and realize and help people realize that there is hope out there and that you can overcome it. You can deal with it, even though it doesn't look like you can. And even though it doesn't feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel, we try to be honest about it. And that's one thing that I really respected about her was that she would go over the top with it. You know, she would not hide it. She wouldn't be ashamed of it. She, she would write about it. That was her therapy. She would talk about how, "Yes, yes, I am an addict I am bipolar, and this is who I am, and you know what? I'm going to crack a joke about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and for those of you who have not read uh, any of her writing, I definitely recommend reading her autobiography. She talks about all of these things and some of the crazy things that she did as a result of trying to manage some of this stuff because it just doesn't happen overnight. You don't take a magic pill and suddenly you're better. No, no. If you've been through something like this, you understand where you're sometimes going through it kicking and screaming and it's horrible and you make a lot of mistakes and you mess things up. But the point is you have to keep going. Yeah. And then once you start doing that, then it really does start getting better because not only do you get better practice at it, but just by the sheer will to keep going, you just you get better and better and better. And that is how things really do in the end get better.
1: One thing that I want to note is that my favorite pieces of her writing is her nonfiction works. And that those she's written three books that are nonfiction. And it's called Wishful Drinking, Shockaholic, and she just released The Princess Diarist. So I recommend that everybody give those a chance. Uh, they're a lot of fun. They're very interesting. They're sometimes very, uh, very shocking. <laughs> but it's, it's definitely worth a read. And uh, one other thing that she did was that she was a script doctor she would do punch-it work. Yeah. And...
0: Yeah, there's definitely a lot that's been going around about Carrie Fisher's handwritten notes to revise dialogue, like, for Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. I've seen that a lot on the internet lately.
1: Well, yeah, and she was even... Like, there's even been movies and, as well as Broadway plays where she has come on specifically. They said, hey, this script needs work. Who are we going to get? Let's get Carrie mm. Fisher. And so she would come on and fix the scripts or fix the plays And I just love that we're talking about Carrie Fisher on a show called Punch It.
0: (laughs) She punched it up. That's what she She did. She
1: definitely punched it up and she punched up her life. And we thank you for it, Carrie Fisher. And uh, we hope that you're resting in peace and our thoughts and prayers go out to your family. And also, uh, in her book, Wishful Drinking, she wrote, she said that she would want this said in her obituary. She says, I want it reported that I drowned in moonlight, strangled by my own bra. So... Thank you very much for all your work, Carrie. And we know that you drowned in moonlight. (laughs)
0: Yes, yes. And if you want to know the origin of what exactly that phrase means, it really does help to go to the book and read the story behind it because it's quite interesting. And that's all I'll say about that. Now, moving forward here, we have a story to finish. We have written now two acts of... The Star Wars 2 movie set to take place after the very original Star Wars. There is nothing else in the canon except for what we have written in this thing. And Tristan, if you would please give a quick recap just to bring everybody back up to speed as to what we have written so far.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yes, Uh, we definitely recommend that you listen to the previous two episodes because that way you can get the full experience. But just as a quick recap, we have Luke, Leia, Chewie, and Han all looking For the first Jedi Temple. They're on a mission on behalf of the Rebel Alliance. And the reason why they're looking for the first Jedi Temple is because Luke is looking for ancient knowledge that can help him in his own Jedi training. As well as train other Jedis for the Rebel Alliance. And also what's happening is that the Empire is building a massive new fleet because of the massive failure that was the Death Star. They're now putting all their resources into... A fleet that can drain a planet of its resources instead of destroying it outright. And Vader thinks that's foolhardy and that you cannot win without the Force on your side. And so he's going to track down Luke. And as he's tracking down Luke, he realizes that Luke is looking for the first Jedi Temple. So Darth is trying to beat him there to it. And so after some jailbreaks and some, uh, some really cool, uh, you know, action sequences, they find an artifact that has some writing on it. They don't know what the writing is, but they find out what it is. And it only exists on one planet. So they go to this remote village on this planet. And they find this out through C-3PO, the rebels do. And Darth finds it out through the massive library on the Imperial homeworld or wherever the Imperial headquarters is. But he hires a bounty hunter to track Luke while he goes to find out the data. And the bounty hunter finds out that they're on this planet, reports back to Darth. Darth is on his way. But on the planet, they're trying to talk to the natives. And no one can talk to the natives, not even C-3PO. But for some reason, the natives will talk in the Wookiee language to Chewie. And so (laughs) that's where we left. Yeah, that Wookiee's. And that's that's where we left off. Is the rebels are talking with the natives, uh, bounty hunters up in orbit, and Darth is on his way. Let's go. Let's clean off the whiteboard and go.
0: So we have to write a big epic conclusion to this film now. We're going to have a lot of action scenes. We know that much. But we have a lot of grand things that we've got to get done here in the space of about 30 minutes. Yeah. It's go time. <laughs> so, and I don't know about you, but uh, my brain is about as blank as the whiteboard right now. Do you have anything on your mind?
1: I'm thi- Okay, here's the thing. Like, you're absolutely right that we got to have a lot of action scenes or at least one big one. You know, like there's got to be. Yeah, yeah. There's got to be something cool. Here, here's where my brain is going. Let's tease us a little bit of the ending before we actually get to the temple. I'm thinking that when we get to the temple, we have two action scenes that are going on simultaneously. All right? Okay. We've got... Vader and Luke fighting at the temple. Okay. And we have the rest of our heroes on the Millennium Falcon fighting the ship that uh, the bounty hunter's in.
0: Okay, yeah. I I was thinking we should probably take care of the bounty hunter and get him out of the way as soon as possible because he's kind of hanging out and monitoring what's going down.
1: Well, I'm thinking actually, like, I'm not thinking as soon as possible. I'm thinking once they get to the temple towards the end of the movie.
0: Uh, Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, you said that. <laughs> yeah, That's okay. That's okay.
1: Here's what I'm thinking for the temple, because that's the thing: is that it needs to be someplace interesting. It can't just be the natives are like, "Oh, you're looking for the temple that's in my backyard," or "You're looking for a temple that's just on planet such and such in the in the system of so and so." You know, like it, it it would feel too much like like a bad novel or a bad video game, and so the. For some reason the first thing that popped in my head was like an asteroid belt, but not like an asteroid belt, like in the first movie, you know how when they were looking for Alderaan, all of a sudden they're like, "Oh my god, we're in an asteroid field." Or like, "No, it's it's Alderaan." Yeah. What if the first Jedi temple was on a destroyed planet where like it was some sort of metaphor where like the first Jedi are like Maybe their homeworld was destroyed. Like, they vacated, but their homeworld was destroyed. They went back to the rubble, and they built the temple in one of the biggest pieces left of their planet. Now, it it could not sustain life naturally, but they built it into the rock. Kind of like that scene in uh, um, Star Trek 09 where the Vulcan, you know, buildings are f- hanging off of the rock. You know, like, what if it was something like that?
0: Sure, sure.
1: So it's kind of like a space base or a space station built into the rock. And so nobody would think to go there because they're like, oh, it's just a destroyed planet. It's just rubble.
0: Yes. And maybe that is what the villagers tell them is, oh, yeah, it's on this destroyed planet. Yeah. A couple planets away. And so there's that feeling of failure like, oh, it's not there anymore. But in the asteroid belt is like there's tons of obstacle courses and ships (laughs) waiting for them and things, all sorts of things to help train. And it is out there, but we don't get that knowledge right away. They're going right. to have to discover that later.
1: Yes, yeah, like right off the bat, Chewie tells them what the native said. It's on the destroyed planet of whatever the, the planet's name is. And Han, Han and Leia are like, oh, well, great. Just fan-freaking-tastic. You know, like it's been, yeah,
0: it's- oh, great. We're going to have to go back to the council or whoever is in charge and give them this awful news and tell them that, yes, we wasted everybody's time.
1: Yeah, and Luke goes, no, we're going. And they're like, what's the point? It's a waste of time. We got Vader on our tail. We just need to go. And he's like, no, I just, you guys have got to trust me on this.
0: Yeah, he's got that feeling.
1: He's got that feeling. The music starts to build. He's looking off into the distance. You know, that moment, that hero moment when he's like, he's like, I am not going to go this far to have been stopped by this.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Now we have the bounty hunter right who's kind of watching their movements right now. He's probably going to see them taking off in the Millennium Falcon and is is he going to pursue? He's obviously going to relay this information to Darth Vader. I kind of feel like in a sense maybe this is where Luke separates from everybody else. Like maybe everybody helps Luke escape.
1: Oh, oh, that's such a good idea. So, okay, yes, yes, they're on the planet. And they're talking to the natives and then somehow like maybe like C-3PO goes over the comm and says like, hey, the Millennium Falcon's picking up a strange signal. I think we've got company. And they're like, is it Vader? No, it's somebody else. And then Han recognizes the ship. You know, he's in the CD underbelly. Are you sure he's he's dealt with right, this right. bounty hunter before? And, and so he's like, oh, crap, I recognize that ship. He's like, this is not good. And so they're like, okay, what do we do? And, like, well, we can't take the Falcon. To this place we like luke you need to go you're gonna have to go by yourself and we got to get you off this planet we'll distract the bounty hunter and we'll try to get you off this planet so do the natives help do they have spacefaring technology you know what, what's the deal there Ooh.
0: i mean so far we've established that they are a very ancient race maybe ancient themselves in terms of their physical age we can make up anything really because we don't know what sort of weaponry they have what sort of tools they have it's true yeah we really could do anything here it's almost too much freedom
1: it is an old culture they don't leave the planet anymore because they're like why would we leave we have everything that we have now they have that little conversation you know that we've heard in sci-fi a couple different times sure but they say they're like okay we do have a small one-man fighter it might get you there but it's not going to get you back like it's a one-way trip and so if mm. there's nothing there, you're probably going to get stranded.
0: <laughs> and it is the rustiest looking bucket of bolts you've ever seen. And it doesn't look like it's going to get off the ground, much less anything
1: else. Exactly. Luke is like, no, I, I trust in the force. I believe in the force.
0: Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's just it is like you have to be able to tap into the force to even drive that thing.
1: I think let's save that for the temple because that would be a cool thing for a temple. I think you, your brain is on the right track. About a Force user, like, only able to activate something. But let's save that for the temple. So, like, bank that away.
0: You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay.
1: Okay. So, it's a one-way shot. Han and Leia and Chewie are just like, are you sure you want to do this? And he's like, yes, absolutely. I believe this is what we should do. And they're like, okay, we will get into the Falcon. And we will, like, ride off into orbit. And we will distract the bounty hunter. And then Luke's like, okay, well, then I will get into the ship. And I'll shoot off in the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. But as soon as they do that, as soon as they engage the bounty hunter, Vader comes into the system and sees where Luke goes.
0: Okay, so then it's those two, and then everybody else versus the bounty hunter.
1: Right. He somehow sees where Luke is going and tracks him, and so Luke has a little bit of a head start over Vader.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. And so then meanwhile, we have a great action scene where the Millennium Falcon is fighting off the bounty hunter and Han Solo can show off a little bit and Mm -hmm. can show off the speed of the Millennium Falcon, have a little bit of fun adventure there. I don't know if we need to delve too much into an action scene like that.
1: I don't think so. I think we, the people can use their imaginations. Like we write down epic battle, you know, like. as
0: Yeah. Epic battle. Pew, 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 and then boom.
1: We could talk about stuff where you know, like Han skims off of the atmosphere, and like it makes the bounty hunter bounce off, or something like that. Like we could go into that detail, but just imagine a very epic, cool dogfight in space between the Millennium Falcon.
0: Right, and maybe uh, maybe there's even a little bit of communication between Han and the bounty hunter because maybe they know each other and they don't like each other, so they're talking smack back (laughs) and forth. Yeah, it could be
1: kind of like in uh, Star Trek Six, like they're just quoting Shakespeare back and forth. Yeah, like I'd pay good money to if he'd shut up.
0: Then you've got Chang on the other side. (laughs) Cry
1: Havoc. Absolutely fun. Okay. While that's going on, because this is Star Wars and because it's hyperspace, we can just imagine that they get their lickety split. You know, like they get there super fast while the battle's still going on. And so as Luke arrives, he just sees a destroyed planet. There's a quarter of it hanging in space, but then there's just tons and tons of debris around it. (laughs) You know, Luke looks dejected, but he starts to go around. He starts to float towards the bigger pieces. And just as he gets closer, it starts to rotate. And we see this shiny but old-looking temple Hanging off the rock face.
0: Ooh, I like it. I like it. That little sign of life where everything else just looks so completely dead. You would mm-hmm. blink and miss it. Right. I like it. So he heads there.
1: Right as he sees that, his ship starts to flicker <laughs> because it's starting to shut down. We all know that moment where he's looking around and he's like, oh, crap. That's what the, the natives were talking about. This really was a one-way trip. He starts. He starts <laughs> banging on the console. And it starts going a little bit. He gets one more push, and he gets one more shot out of the thrusters, and he goes towards the temple, and he's like, let's hope that I can can dock at this speed or something like that.
0: Right. Taps in. We see him, you know, mentally just feeling it. The closer he gets, the bigger the smile on his face, almost as if he's demented, you know? The smile (laughs) turns into a laugh, and it's like... And then at the very last minute, of course, boom, it opens up. And there he flies right on in.
1: Yeah. And he, it, it's a hard landing, but he lands.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, he's got that moment of glee of, yeah, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it.
1: So he gets out and starts walking around. And that's right when Darth enters the system.
0: The thing is, though, is Luke is now in this temple. Is Darth going to chase right after him and just barely get in as a result of Luke gaining admission?
1: I think there's got to be like just a minute or two of breathing room. I think there's got to be Luke is in the temple and he gets to walk around just a little bit.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right.
1: Here's what I'm imagining. and And let me know if you're on the same page here. So he crash lands. He hops out of his ship. And we see that he's safe and that he's hopped out of the ship. And then, boom, Darth is out of hyperspace and he's there. And so the audience now knows that Darth Vader is there. Okay. And it's only a matter of time until he docks. And so then the camera cuts To Luke, and he's looking around. He's trying to find something of use. This is one of those times when I want to introduce something from the Star Wars universe that is outside of the movie. And I hope that you can forgive me.
0: (laughs) You know, the thing is, I don't really know that much better, so I can forgive you.
1: This is the only thing that we've introduced or that we could possibly introduce outside of the first movie. But there's a thing called a Jedi holocron.
0: Okay, I don't know anything about this. I don't remember a darn thing. All we're
1: doing is just giving what we've talked about a name. So when we talked about ancient knowledge at the Jedi Temple, it's it could be it's like an old USB flash drive, but like a thousand times more mm. powerful. So a Jedi Holocron is like a is a blue cube. So what I'm imagining is that he's looking around, he's seeing old fighters, he's seeing old training rooms, but it is so just dejected and rusted over and like there's just no way that he'd be able to use any of these facilities and he's so he's Mm. just downtrodden he's like this was such a waste you know like what can i find here and then he goes into a room and he sees all of this archival material all of this knowledge
0: yeah i like it because in a way he's so excited that he's found this temple finally and dejected at the same time realizing that we can't trade here yeah But then he finds the archive and uh, maybe are you thinking that this is going to help set them up to build a training facility in the future? Or is it just going to have like all the Jedi secrets? I
1: think it's just going to have the Jedi secrets, but we don't know what data's on there. So it could be something in the future where in the next movie he gains that information and he's able to build a training facility or he gets more knowledge on training tactics. But here's what I'm thinking. There's an entire room filled to the brim with these holocrons. But then right when that happens, right when he sees it, that's when Vader's behind him.
0: Of course. Of course. So now we're going to have to have an epic fight scene. Our hero versus the enemy.
1: Exactly. It's got to be a lightsaber fight.
0: I have a theory on this too. Darth Vader, I mean, he is a powerful, mm-hmm. powerful foe. Right. He really should. I mean, he's he's definitely bigger and I would say stronger than Luke Skywalker Very is. Very much so. And so they both have a lightsaber physically, Darth Vader should be able to take Luke eventually. There might be a fight on his hands, but, you know, just in terms of pure physicality, he can take him. I think the thing that's going to get Luke out of this fight to win it is the Force. The fact that he can tap into it and use it for good, that's going to be the edge that gets him to defeat Darth Vader.
1: I think that's a great idea, and I think we can build off of that. But one thing that we need to know is that in 1977, we saw that Darth Vader had... He could use the Force as well.
0: Yeah, okay. That was just the next thing I was about to go to is, yes, he can tap into it. What if the Force backfires on him, though, somehow?
1: Well, how about...
0: I mean, I don't know. The Force is such a mysterious thing.
1: And there are no rules to it. We have no rules on the Force.
0: I know, but it's such a deus ex machina.
1: Okay, so let's... How about we build to that moment where we established earlier on in previous episodes that Luke knows that he's not ready for Darth Vader. He has said this. He has has Mm -hmm. almost pulled out his lightsaber, and, and he has literally said, wow, I am so not ready for this. And then they run away and hop into a speeder and get away. Right. That happened. So he knows that he can't take Vader, but his anger is almost overcoming him. And he realizes that he's like, okay, I can't let anger overcome me. That's the way to the dark side. But this guy killed my mentor, and he killed my father. Yeah. That's what we found. Like We found out in 1977, that he killed his father, Anakin Skywalker, and now he killed his mentor. So he's killed, and the Empire has killed his family, Ben, and, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, he killed his family, Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru. And so this man is responsible for everything good in his life dying. You know that he's mm-hmm. going to charge after him, and they're going to have that. I But I think Luke knows that he can't take him, so there's going to be some cat and mouse. Like, there's going to be, like, maybe he'll get a few shots in and then try to run away into different areas of the building or things like that.
0: Sure, and he has a little bit of an advantage knowing where some things are at least after having approximately, what, two minutes to look around? Oh, I th- no, that's a <laughs> great hey. idea.
1: That's that's a great writing technique where maybe he sees something. As he's walking in a particular room, his foot falls a little bit and he realizes that like the ground is letting, like the floor is letting loose. And so he knows not to go Ooh. into that room.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. And,
1: okay, let's do it that way. So we're starting in in the room and they have some back and forth and you know luke is saying he's like you killed my family you killed not only my aunt and uncle you killed my father and now you killed my mentor he's like i'm not going to let you kill me and he talks about how obi-wan was of the old ways you know like he was my master at one time and just like your father's and do we want to add in some backstory like do we want to say why do we want to find out why uh, darth killed Anakin.
0: I think that's a fantastic idea. Yes, let's give Darth Vader like let's reveal some of his motivation for why he is the way he is.
1: So what's we they're having a little talk because that's what happens in movies. They don't just fight; they talk a little bit. Um, yes. So what's what's the rationale here? Why did Darth Vader kill Anakin Skywalker?
0: I feel that maybe Anakin Skywalker wronged Darth Vader somehow, oh. betrayed him. Somehow. Well, we
1: know that Darth Vader betrayed Anakin. Like, those were the words of Obi-Wan. He says said... Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. He said, Darth Vader betrayed and murdered your father. Like, betrayed and murdered. So, I'm thinking, like, maybe Anakin did something, but Anakin trusted Vader. Otherwise, how could you betray him? And then he didn't just say killed, he said murdered.
0: What if Vader thought that Anakin did wrong him? Okay. So, yeah, what could that possibly be? That's the big question, and I'm struggling to come up with an answer here. Well, we
1: know that Anakin was a good pilot and that Obi-Wan served in the Clone Wars with Leia's father. That's about all we know about the situation. And so we don't know anything about Luke's mom. You know, nothing has been said about Luke's mom. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe there was something involving Darth, Anakin, and Luke's mom.
0: Yeah, what she, what could she have possibly done? Like, maybe did she see a little too much? Did she realize that Darth Vader was evil?
1: Ooh. Well, hmm. I don't know. Clearly, Luke's mom is not around anymore. No. And Obi-Wan didn't talk about Luke's mom. Maybe she still is out there. Maybe Luke's mom is still out there. Hmm. And then maybe that's that's what's revealed in this conversation.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I like it. And that's a huge revelation for Luke because he's thought that she's dead all this time.
1: Okay, so we know that Darth betrayed and murdered Anakin. And now we've established that Luke's mom is still alive and still out there.
0: Right, but Luke thought that she was also killed.
1: Right, Luke thought that she was also killed. So now we've got to figure out that we have the pieces. Now we just got to put them together.
0: So Luke reacting to the news that his mother is alive. Gives him hope, yes? Well, yeah,
1: it gives him hope. Gives
0: him motivation.
1: Maybe that's where Darth is like, we're, I guess we're writing backwards here. But Darth is like, oh, we are. you didn't know? Like, you, you didn't know that she was still alive? You didn't know that she was out there? But like like I said, we got to figure out how that, t- like, why does Darth reveal that information? Where, like, he's taunting Luke. Yes. He says something to the effect of, I am so sick of you. I'm so sick of your family. I want to wipe out all of the remnants of your family. And I am still waiting until I can find the opportunity to get rid of your mother. You're like, your family was deep-rooted in the Jedi ways. And I, in order to get rid of all the Jedi, I had to get rid of all of you. And so that's why I got rid of your father. And I am still looking for your mother. And when I find her, I'm going to get rid of her. And that's when Luke goes, whoa, hold up. It's like, I love like it. you're telling me that my mother's still alive. And he's like, oh, you didn't know? Well, I didn't kill her. I'm going to. And... And Luke goes. He's like, "Not if I have anything to say about it. You, you killed my aunt. You killed my uncle. You killed my mentor. You killed my father. You are not going to kill me or my mother." So basically, that's what it is. Like maybe like Luke's family is deep rooted in the Jedi ways, and they always have been, including his mother. And so it's just Darth's complete hatred. Like maybe he was a Jedi. And he's just like, you know what? I am sick of their ways.
0: He's got to commit Jedi genocide, basically. Yes,
1: there you go. He commits Jedi genocide, and then Luke is the last piece of that. And he's the guy who who destroyed the the Death Star. Like he's really has it out for him.
0: And, and then, as we established in previous uh, installments of this story, that's really cost Darth Vader a lot of prestige and yeah. points with the higher ups and and whatnot, and influence. So, yeah, there, he's got plenty of reasons to get rid of Luke at this point.
1: And then thus is the lightsaber fight that ensues. So here's what I'm thinking. Do it. Luke pulls out his lightsaber and Darth Vader pulls out his. And Luke knows that he's no match for him. And so Vader lunges after him. And in one huge swipe, he destroys half of the holocrons.
0: Ooh. Ouch. Ouch. But necessary, because come on, they're right there. And of course they something's about to break. We can't keep it pristine. This is an action movie.
1: Exactly. And that that's the thing, is that like it can't just be a pure win for the good side again.
0: Nope, nope, it's not that clean.
1: So half of them are gone, and then Luke screams, and Vader realizes you you want these, and then like he just slices them again.
0: Boom, 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 Yeah, he's gonna kill it all. And
1: so there's only a handful left, and then Luke knows that if they stay in this room, the rest of them are going to get destroyed. And so he runs out of the room and he knows that Vader likes to lunge. Like he like he sees Vader will use the force to push himself forward and to lunge after Luke. And so Luke goes back to that room that we established earlier. Uh-huh. It has the floor that's kind of shaky. And so he gets in front of there and they have a few more words. Maybe this is that moment where he uses the force, where he just has this awakening He's facing the room, but his backs to Vader, and he turns off his lightsaber, almost echoing the first movie where he turns off his targeting computer, Uh huh. and he doesn't look at Vader's because he's using the knowledge that Obi-Wan gave him before he died, and he's trusting in the Force. He's not using his eyes. He's not using technology, and you just hear Vader scream, you fool, and he activates his lightsaber again, lunges towards him, and Luke does a double backflip behind him, (laughs) and Vader's in the room with a shaky floor, and then they're facing each other, and we start to hear the, you know, like things are falling down. Oh,
0: totally, yes.
1: Vader falls through the floor, and Luke takes this chance to run back to the archive, grabs maybe three holocrons, and there used to be like 50.
0: Right, right. He's got whatever's left.
1: He got whatever's left, and he just tries to hightail it out of there. And right about that time is when we see maybe like the Jedi temple is just falling down. Like it's just like this created a...
0: Kind of like almost had a shock reaction of like an earthquake even.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so he thinks he's like, this is going to be it. The vessel I came in isn't going to work. And he doesn't know where Vader's ship is. Right when he thinks that he's not going to make it, all of a sudden the Falcon rises up.
0: Of course. Yeah, maybe, maybe, just maybe there's an, uh, somehow the shred of energy to transmit a signal or something. And the Millennium Falcon is—I don't know—forgive the Star Trek term—hailing it, saying, <laughs> "Luke, Luke, are you out there? Let us know where you are."
1: Maybe okay. Maybe that's on their side. So like,
0: or maybe they just find it. That, that's probably easier.
1: Yeah, I think I think this would make it simpler. I think like I think what you're saying absolutely can happen. Where the temple is massive, and all of a sudden, the, you know, the, the Millennium Falcon rises up. We see it head on, and Luke looks like an ant, and then. The the doors open and Leia's there and he goes, come on. And uh, <laughs> he runs up, they get away and they're like, okay, we, you know, like we found it. And then Luke goes, how did you find me? Like, oh, well we tracked that old ship. <laughs> we were able to figure out where it was. There we go. And I know I've been talking for a long time. So that cavern of the temple collapsed and the Millennium Falcon gets away. And I think this is like, I want you to talk about what they talk about in the Millennium Falcon, but I have an idea for Vader at the end. So Oh,
0: okay. Because, you know, we're going to be led to believe that Vader is all but dead.
1: Right, at this point. Which, of yeah. course, he
0: won't be because this will be a third movie later on. Right. But we're going to think that he's gone, finally, at last.
1: Yes, yes. And so,
0: meanwhile, back in the Millennium Falcon, I cannot believe you found this thing. What was in there? And Luke kind of pulls out some of these, uh, what do you call them? Holocrons. Holocrons. Horcruxes come to mind, but that's Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) He pulls out the holocrons and says, these, and unfortunately, this is all that's left. We have got to find out what's in these. What do they contain? Maybe we can use them to help us because the temple is no longer. We can't use it to build the Rebel Alliance.
1: Yes, we won't be able to use these facilities. We won't be able to use any of their ships or anything like that, but how to build better facilities or the information of how to train new Jedi or how to finish my own training could be on these holocrons. And then Han's like, right. or they could contain a recipe for soup. Right.
0: <laughs> Either way, it's going to help build the resistance.
1: Yeah. And so we have that nice moment. They fly off into the distance, but then right before the credits, we go back to the temple. It's still following down. Mm-hmm. We see Vader on the floor you know his suits all scarred up and broken from the rocks. Oh yeah! He looks to the left, and he sees one single red holocron.
0: Ooh! Is that where we're going to leave off? Credits. Perfect.
1: How does that sound? Do you like that?
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's got it's a complete adventure, but we've got the perfect in for that next installment. Mm-hmm. Bam! Star Wars two.
1: And that way, it's not all Luke winning. Darth Vader was able to destroy most of the ancient knowledge and still find some of his own. Like, obviously, like all the holocrons were blue. You could tell they were part of the Jedi. But then he finds this red holocron. And we as an audience all know what that means because of the colors of the lightsabers. Yes.
0: And yet there is still some hope because there are still some holocrons that are going to help the Rebel Alliance. There is hope. And Luke, Leia, Chewie, Han, they're all still alive by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good. This is good. It's the perfect middle movie.
1: And then Luke reveals that my mother is still alive.
0: We've got to find her.
1: Yeah, we got to find her. Maybe she can help us out. And they're like, well, there (laughs) we go. Oh,
0: my God. Star Wars 3, the search for Luke's mom. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Crossing the paths once again. I love it. Well, that's great. Okay. We did it. We wrote the movie. Woo.
1: (laughs) Woo. Okay, guys. We're not going to write Star Wars 3 for quite some time. So for those yeah, of you who we need are a breather. like, okay, yeah, we need a breather just as much as you do. So we thank you so much for sticking with us uh, for three episodes. This is the first movie that we've written on the fly ever. And yeah. uh, we hope that you enjoyed it. And we hope that you enjoy some of our other shows because please go to the nerdparty.com and you can find out that we have seven shows on the network. We have new content coming to you every single day of the week. And you will find something. We got Star Wars. We got Star Trek. We got General Geek. We got we got this show. We got Nerd Nuptial. We got so many things. So, so many things. And one the thing that you should do is go to lootcrate.com slash nerdparty. It's a great geek box subscription service. From there, you can subscribe. They send you a box of Pop Funkos, action figures, T-shirts, comic books, all this great stuff. $40 worth of merchandise for less than 20 If you go to lootcrate.com slash nerdparty, enter in code nerdparty you will save even more money off of that. Shar, where can we find you online?
0: Well, aside from this podcast, of course, you can find me on Twitter, and my handle is oh, the profanity. Where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter as well, at TheInsaneRobin. You can also find me elsewhere on the network on the aforementioned show, Nerd Nuptial, which is a show that I host with my wife. And you can also find the show page on Facebook.com slash TheNerdParty, as well as on Twitter, at JoinNerdParty. Oh... <sighs> That's a lot of stuff to remember, but it will be worth it because we have a great network and we want you to join the revolution and join the nerd party.
0: That's right. And we're going to continue punching it into 2017.
1: Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it.
0: Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.